Welcome to Ominous Ones. I'm Tara. And I'm not Tara. We are a true crime podcast that covers missing people, murders, and all things ominous. If you like what you hear, make sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. This story starts in Washington, D.C. on Saturday, May 11th in 2011. That day, a manager at Lululemon in Bethesda, Maryland, named Rachel, got to work. She expected to need to unlock the door, but found it wasn't locked. She went inside and found the place a mess. There was merchandise thrown around, and the mannequins were messed up. As she looked around, she heard a moan come from the back. Freaked out, she left the building and found a random guy outside and asked him if he'd go in with her because she didn't want to go in any further. He agreed. Why not just call the police? I don't know. Someone was moaning. She was like, sounds like they immediately need help. I'm just not going in alone. Yeah, I would. you would think that they would call the police. I'm dumb and would investigate by myself, but I wouldn't go outside and grab a stranger and be like, hey, come into my work with me. I'm scared. Because what if he was the killer, the culprit? Like, she's scared and she's like, let me find the closest man I can. I think she was just panicking, probably. Well, random guy agreed, and in their search, they found one employee, 30-year-old Jana Murray, laying in the hall. She had a ligature around her throat and was laying in a pool of blood. She was not alive. Continuing in the search, they then found 29-year-old Brittany Norwood. She had blood on her face and ties around her ankles and wrists. Rachel called 911, finally, and said, quote, There's two people in the back of my store. One person seems dead and the other person is breathing, unquote. Brittany survived whatever had happened, so the cops interviewed her. She told them that her and Jaina had been the two employees closing the night before. Everything was going normal. They shut everything down and left around 9.45 p.m., but when they got outside, Brittany realized her wallet was still in the store, so she called Jaina to see if they could go back in to get it. When they unlocked the door, the alarm took a record that noted it was 10.05 p.m. Once inside, Brittany said two guys in ski masks and dark clothes came inside the store. They attacked and sexually assaulted her and Jaina. She also mentioned the two guys called her racial slurs, and she said they kept her alive because, quote, she was more fun to have sex with, unquote. Wow. That's quite the interview, isn't it? Wow. Why do I get the feeling that that's all a lie? I get the feeling that you should just listen to my story. Jaina had 331 separate injuries on her that they found were inflicted with at least five different weapons. Jesus. Think about that. 331. (coughs) Like, that's... That's brutal. That's rage. With five different weapons. Like, this one is just not really cutting it for me. I'm going to go grab something else. But you're injured enough to where I'm able to do that. Five times. A toolbox was kept in the store, and they think a hammer was taken out of that, and that one, and that that was one of the weapons. A knife, rope, and box cutter were also used. She had a severed spinal cord. Box cutters are relentless. Yeah, that's not. They a fun cause weapon. severe injuries. Her spinal cord was severed. She had a severed spinal cord, a fractured skull, and stab wounds, obviously. The cops estimated that her fight with these attackers lasted around 20 minutes. Brittany, on the other hand, ended up with only a cut on her forehead. 
Brittany said Jaina tried to fight back and that's why she was killed. Well, and there was the other comment she made, I guess. Well, well, with that much rage for 300, over 300 wounds and five different weapons causing those injuries, all of their rage was taken out on one person. They probably had no energy left. I mean, 20 minutes of attacking someone fake is people. strenuous. They checked both women for sexual assault, but found no signs of it, except a hole had been cut into Jaina's pants, making it seem like she might have been assaulted. Brittany first said she'd never been in Jaina's car, but after the cops found it three blocks away, she then changed her story and told the cops that the two guys had forced her to move Jaina's car three blocks away. They told her if she wasn't back in 10 minutes, they would kill her. While she moved the car, she did see a cop, but didn't alert him to anything. So, they're like, go move this car, and one of the guys didn't go with her? No, they both stayed with Jaina, and they were like... The dead girl. She was alive. Still at that point? Yeah, I think. That... This girl's terrible at lying. I'm not even an investigator or a cop of any sort, and I'm like, bitch, you're lying. Well, maybe. Gotta hear the rest of the story before you can decide. The cops searched Jaina's car and found blood on the steering wheel, door handle, and shifter. See, she was dead already. The cops started searching the area for the two guys. They went to nearby stores to see if anyone had bought ski masks, and they did manage to find one guy who seemed to match the description of one of the killers that Brittany had given, but he had an alibi and was soon dropped as a suspect. Brad Garrett, a former FBI agent, said, quote, almost none of it matched up. A detective, Dimitri Reuven, said, quote, It's just a little voice in the back of my head. Something's just not right. The way Brittany is describing these two guys, they're racist, they're rapists, they're robbers, they're murders. It's like the worst human being that you could possibly describe, right? Unquote. Facts. Thomas Manger, Manger, the chief of police, said, quote, The contradictory evidence included footprints made in Murray's blood. We were able to determine that there were only two sets of footprints at the crime scene, one belonging to Miss Norwood, another belonging to a size 14 shoe that was recovered in the store, unquote. So whoever this mysterious attacker was had left either one shoe or both shoes there. That are gigantic. Yeah, size 14, so that's odd. Jaina was a graduate student at John Hopkins University and was working at Lululemon to make new friends and make money while still in school for a Master of Business Administration degree. Brittany, on the other hand, had a track record of stealing. In one situation, she was getting her hair done and then suddenly said someone stole her wallet out of her purse so she couldn't pay them. Brittany used to be on the soccer team and one of her former teammates said, quote, she was my best friend in college. We had a falling out because the girl was like a klepto, unquote. The Lululemon managers thought Brittany was stealing from them, but they couldn't find any proof. When Jaina found leggings in her bag that the managers said they didn't ring up for, they think Brittany knew that she was caught. Jaina's mom, Phyllis, said the two girls weren't close. She said, quote, there were always people that she would have dinner with or go to the movies with, but Brittany's name was never mentioned, unquote. Her dad, David, said Jaina was fearless, so I think everyone wasn't surprised when she fought back like she did. That's fair. So then once they bring all that to Brittany, her story fell apart. She told them what really happened. 
Before leaving the store, the two girls checked each other's bags for stolen merchandise, which was normal procedure. Jaina found that Brittany had a new pair of leggings in her bag. She questioned Brittany about them, and she told her that she had bought them earlier. The two left, and Jaina called her manager to ask if they were paid for, and they were not, and the manager said that it would be handled the next day. Brittany then told Jaina she had forgotten something in the store. They went back in, and then Brittany attacked her, moved her car, sat in it for about 90 minutes to come up with her story, and then staged the store to make it look like intruders did this. Where did she get the size 14 shoe? I don't know. Maybe it was already in there. I have no idea. Maybe her boyfriend had big feet and they were in her car and she was like, screw it. I'll use his shoe. I feel like they would have linked it and mentioned it. That's true. She took the cash from the register, cut Jaina's pants to make it seem like she was sexually assaulted, found the men's shoes and walked around in the blood and made a mess of random things lying around. Then she cut herself on her forehead, zip-tied herself, and waited to be found. Good God almighty. Next to this Lululemon store was an Apple store. The night of the attack, an Apple manager and employee said they heard some strange noises coming from next door, and when the Apple security tapes were watched, they saw the two men standing right next to the wall like they were listening to something, and then they decided to walk away and do nothing. Imagine if they had called or had done anything. Anything. That could have gone very differently. Yeah, I'm like, she attacked her for 20 minutes. They also had a security guard who was too busy listening to his iPod to do anything productive. The employee testified at the later trial and said they heard a woman's voice say, quote, talk to me, don't do this, talk to me, what's going on, unquote. And then someone screamed, and then they heard a sound like someone being hit, followed with the voice saying, quote, God help me, please help me, unquote. The manager also testified and said they didn't do anything because it sounded like, quote, just drama. <laughs> so when someone's like, God help me, please help me, they're like, people are so dramatic. And you know she wasn't like, like she's literally fighting for her life. Literally. For 20 minutes. So you know that those God help me's were definitely strenuous they were not like, like oh god help me out. it was like god please don't let me die like, like that like screeching yell yes britney was arrested march 18th 2011 the trial lasted six days and on january 27th 2012 she was sentenced to life in prison on first degree murder with no parole britney's defense never said she didn't do it they instead went for it being a crime of passion they got the stolen leggings thrown out, so motive wasn't given by the prosecution. Her attorney said, quote, That day, there was nothing going on between Jana Murray and Brittany Norwood. The absence of a motive is an indication it's not premeditated. This is not a crime of motive. This is a crime of passion, unquote. One juror commented on how fast the decision was made, and they said everyone agreed. And that's the case of the Lululemon murder. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time.